Hello, this is Dr. Beverly Wright, and thank you for listening to Tag Data Talk, sponsored by Emory Continuing Education and hosted by Aspirant. Tag Data Talk covers topics on the current state and outlook of analytics and data science. We use an interview format with professionals and academics to discuss use cases, future trends, talent and skills, organizational structures, and tool advancements related to data science and analytics. Thanks for listening. Hello, this is Dr. Beverly Wright, and thanks for joining Tag Data Talk. With us today, we have Alan Siegel, Vice President of Audience Development and Analytics at CNN Digital. And we're talking about applying analytics to the changing world of media. Thanks for joining us, Alan. Thanks for having me. Great. Well, let's start off with just some uh, introductions and background. Tell us, why are you so cool? Wow, so many reasons. Um, <laughs> or not really. I I came to this world in a what I would say a non-traditional way. Um, I actually went to grad school to become an architect. And halfway through, um, it was during the dot-com era. And I fell into digital media and usability and information architecture. And... That took me down a very different path, and so um, I switched degrees in the middle of grad school at Georgia Tech, and Georgia Tech was very nice and accommodating and helped me do that. Nice. And then, um, yeah, I've had a very sort of varied past, so I've worked in dot-com and government consulting and in media, and so I think that uh, more than anything else has rounded me out in a, <laughs> in perhaps an odd fashion, but uh, but uh, has been very useful in in. Um, thinking about how I do my job and, and how I approach problems. Fantastic. What do you do at CNN Digital? What's your role look, look like now? So I, I have an interesting role. Um, you know, I started there about two and a half years ago, and before I got there, there was no one in my role. And so um, I've built up a couple of teams since I've been there. We have uh, a data science and testing team. We have an audience acquisition team. And uh, we have a team that does editorial insights and audience intelligence. Nice. And so we 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 sort of um, sit in between a lot of groups: product, editorial, um, some of the sales um, functions, and then we uh, effectively uh, we we kind of connect things together and and try to help everyone. Fantastic. Um, we we so don't do anything in particular. I, I tell people we like that old 3M commercial. We. We don't actually make the product. We just sort of make things better. Ah, gotcha. So I was going to say, that sounds like a broad kind of swath of things that you guys do across digital, almost um, enterprise-wide within the digital world. Yeah, we're, we're truly a cross-functional team. Nice. Great. Well, before we dig in too much, um, tell us, just give us a brief moment in history of media consumption, because media has changed so much. Well, you know, I, I think that's the that's the most exciting thing about media. Mm-hmm. Um, I I guess I got into media full-time about 12, 13 years ago. And part of the reason why I, I, I decided to make that shift, I, I was, I was um, working in government at the CDC at the time, um, was because you could tell that media was going to change. The Internet was changing media. Um, consumption was changing. And it was going to be an interesting interesting place to be in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize that the recession was going to happen and it was going to just change in such fundamental ways, um, whether that's newspaper consumption and how that affects subscriptions and and or TV and radio and internet, just all of those things have just been 
tossed into a, a salad and shaken up and it's just it's just a very um, roller coaster ride and it's, it's an exciting place to be but it's it's definitely changing and um, exciting yeah I bet um, where do you think we are now with media like how, how are people consuming media today compared to before so for example like I remember MTV <laughs> you know I remember yeah. turning the TV on like I remember that being a thing what what are we looking at now so there, there are all these different strata of consumption, I would say, um, and a lot of it has to do with age. If you take, if you take, for example, my parents, um, who are, they still leave the TV on in really? the kitchen. They wow. do. It's, yeah, no, they do. Um, and when I go over there, I, I find myself sometimes needing it, um, just because I want to have a conversation with them. And then on the other end of the spectrum, if you, uh, I, you know, I have a twelve-year-old daughter, and um, her consumption is so different, so, so different than anything I would have expected. Um, it's just fascinating to watch how she consumes, what she consumes, when she consumes. Um, Everything's kind of at your fingertips on demand during, it is. you know, your choice of time, your choice of content and your choice of device. Is that accurate? It is. And, and the expectations of your content are very different. Yeah. She expects to just go out and find what it is she wants to to consume. Okay. When, when, you know, when I was a kid, certainly when my, my parents were, um, the choices were, if it's not on one of three channels, you probably are going to turn off the TV and go do something else entirely. Right. Well, in this changing world with so much personalization and customization of the media that we consume, it sounds like this is a great opportunity to take data and really be able to apply it. So what types of questions are we trying to answer with media through analytics and data science? Like what are some of the complexities and, and things around, maybe it's around promotion of media or the consumption of media or the content itself? Like how are we using analytics and data science to answer questions around media? So, you know, I know we don't have all day, but I could go into 48 different directions around that. The content that you consume can be personalized and, and does that personalization mean that you end up in a filter bubble of some kind, which is something we would never want anyone to have that experience, um, but it can mean so many other things. Promotions, you know, what have you been exposed to already? Do we have to do that again? It's just like any sort of um, offer that you would do in any marketing exercise, if you've been exposed five times and you haven't consumed it, well, we should do something different for you. Right. But also how you develop your products, um, how people consume, their frequency of consumption, the depth that they go, um, all of the data around that helps us inform what we're going to do for our users. And the cohorts aren't one, two, and three, but it's a thousand, two thousand, um, down to an individual level. And, you know, in, in the work that I do on a daily basis, I mean, we have a hundred million plus people that we'll touch on a monthly basis. Unbelievable. So, um, granted, you can't just do a one size fits all. That is what old, I'll air quote here, air old media um, did once upon a time. And that that doesn't work anymore. You you see the fragmentation in the consumption already. Mm -hmm. So how you take that same content and the same materials and provide it in a way that is more um, what we call adaptive to the audience and to the individuals in that audience, um, I think is is really where the where the future of what we're going to do with analytics and data is going to go. 
So is it about, um, so you mentioned a few things like fine-tuning the exposure, like for, I guess, for ads or for media itself? Well, it could be for, let's say we have a newsletter mm-hmm. or a series of newsletters. Um, we have maybe a dozen or or 18 or or let's say even if we had 100. Um, some products are going to work really well for you or we might think that you might be interested. But if we show it to you two, three, seven times, after that, you know, there's an opportunity cost and that we may be – we should probably do something different for you. Maybe it's um, we have a podcast or we have a piece of video or something else. Mm -hmm. Maybe we just need to try a different channel or a different experience. And so it's once you've tried a certain thing so many times, it's it's, – what is it? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. Right, exactly. And not so succeeding. Learn from it. Learn Absolutely. from it, right? So yeah. gathering that data, seeing how it can change or increase. So part of me says, are we just pushing, pushing, pushing all the time, you know, trying to shove more things onto the consumer? Or is it really more about improving the customer experience? Or is it some balance in between? Because, I mean, obviously companies want to make money and they want to be able to promote their products. But at the same time, where do, where do we sort of like use analytics to help us with that balance? So I think that really depends on on the type of user that you're engaging with. Mm-hmm. Um, do we push, push, push? For some users, that's they they want that, mm. um, they welcome it. For others, they absolutely do not. So finding the right audience where that where that's important matters. We know from some of the work that we've done that um, that density of content makes a difference. Um, so, for example, if you come to, let's say, a homepage. It could be our homepage. It could be any homepage. Mm-hmm. Um, you're doing that in a browsing way. And if you find a piece of content that resonates with you, you're going to click on that link. If you only have five links and none of those resonate, you aren't going to engage. If you have 50 links, there's a better chance that you're going to find something mm. that interests you. Mm-hmm. So, but for some users that we have, where we may know more about them, we we, in in theory, could narrow that list in a in a more meaningful way. But we would never want to do that in a way that, um, that makes them feel like they're not seeing everything. Right. Um, and that's that's the real trick because you want you want to get all the content out there. You want to present all the information. But how do you do that in a, uh, in a curated way? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean editorial groups have been curating content um, for generations. I mean, that that is what a, the front page of a newspaper was, what the home page of any site is. Um, but you don't want to – you don't want people to feel like you're hiding content from them right. or they're not getting everything. And that, that is a concern that users have. Hmm. And so we have to – we have to make sure that um, – and some then, – then there are other users who who don't have that. They, they feel like, oh, there's too much. You know, show me what's important. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that's that's why they come for your editorial judgment. Gotcha. So things like the type of content, the volume of content, the way that it's presented, all those sorts of things are how you can use analytics and data science to really get down. Because everything you've said so far is really getting down to the individual personalized level. Um, do you think from your experience with um, data and analytics, do you think we're all really that individualized? Do you think... There were really more groups of people. Like, where do you stand on that? So, I think there are cohorts in the in the billions of people that live on this planet. Mm-hmm. Not everyone is as unique as they perhaps think they are. Um, they do consume in ways that are that are like others. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, understanding, 
I guess, where the edges of that mm. similarity exist is part of the work that we do in data science and other things where what, what are the affinity groups and where they cluster and and are if there's an outlier, is that a separate and new kind of experience behavior that we should account for? Gotcha. Okay. Where do you see data science going with media? Because we're continuing to just evolve in um, in so many different ways. But where would you where do you see it going and where would you like to see it going? Like, are we going to start having our retina scanned every time we look at something? Or, I mean, what sort of things would you like to see um, in the evolution of data science to kind of try to keep up with this changing world of media? So I'll say two things around that. One, um, I think data science is just, as a practice, is just scratching the surface, Mm -hmm. especially in media. Um, You know, if you take something like fintech, where I think data science as a practice is, it's much more embedded. There's a clear... Um, win for those organizations that they've been much more targeted and focused in getting things done. Um, For media, it's, it's different. And the, the positive outcome is, is not as clear for, for organizations. Is it, do we want you to be more aware? Do we want you to spend more time or is it see more ads? What is it? Um, Ultimately, I think it's, we want you to have a good experience and that is a very individualized thing, depending on which cohort and, and group you sit in. The other thing I would say about data science in media, or and I would say this is true across every industry, when do we stop, when do we stop calling people data scientists or right. the practice data science? It's like, you know, I work at CNN.com. Um, we actually still have webmasters, but the idea, like once upon a time 20 years ago, what was your role? I was a. I, I'm a webmaster. Webmaster as like a as a practice is just filtered into so many functions that exist in current digital media organizations. Yeah. How does data science become part of the group that tests and the part that in the group that does editorial insights and and marketing and acquisition and product? How does that just become? Just way, the tool, way it is. A, yes, it's just a tool set with that's embedded in there. Right. Um, that's where I would love to see data science Nice, go. nice. So the analogy that maybe I'm really showing my age here, but <laughs> um, I, in high school, I took a typing class, yeah. if you can believe that. And now typing is just, of course we type. Like, what the heck? Um, I think also we're going to see less, maybe, less talk about machine learning as a part of data science and just machine learning will be the way that we do data science. Yes. So kind of what you're saying is um, when will data science become – um, more embedded so much that it's it's not pointed out. It's just that's just the way that we do things. Exactly. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense that it would work that way. Well, and it's it's also a skill set that today we have to explain a lot of things and a lot of concepts and right. a lot of um, why you might want to do something with machine learning or something else. I think those go from a position where you have to learn about it to it's sort of just general business practice. Mm-hmm. This is why we would do something. And we don't have to have that conversation. It's just, oh, of course, let's apply this this tool set to that solution. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit more organic and mm-hmm. intuitive in nature. Like, of course, we're going to do that. And speaking of value, um, what would you say would be one of the cooler applications of data science to media? Like, it doesn't have to be specifically to CNN Digital, but what's, a, what's an example of where you've been able to point to and say, like, gosh, there was so much value that we gained from that um, from that experiment, whether that was something in the public domain or just an example from a prior project at a, at a company. Can you give us an example? 
Hmm. So that's a good question. I, you know, I guess I would I would change it a little bit in that we so my my teams and um, I, I often say that I'm the least important person on my team because everyone on my team contributes so much and they're doing the day to day in and out stuff. One of the things we found is it's not just one one piece of data science or one test that we might perform. Mm-hmm. It's the cumulative effort. It's the iterations. Um, and so I would say in the practice of doing that, what we've discovered is it takes there, – there are a lot of little shifts yes. that we can make. And it's an iterative process, and that is where you get your cumulative big move. Got it. The incremental pieces and eventually pieces yeah. together into a, a broader yeah. puzzle. Yeah. I mean, I would love to have a – we did something, and it moved the needle 20%. Right. Um, I haven't seen that. Right. Not, gotcha. not in, in, in a long time. But if we can get half percent, one percent moves and consistently build on those – Right. That's a that's a big thing. That's incredible advice, especially you got to keep at it. It's a cumulative thing, and um, some ways, it's a it's a cultural shift too, isn't it? Like you Absolutely. have to start seeing the value, and then piece by piece, it comes together. Yep, and and then it has to be woven into your into just how you do things. It's not like we're going to go out and do this one thing. It's a all of that is is built into your daily process, mm-hmm. whether it's through your product development or how editorial thinks about. Even headlines. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's what do we know? What have we learned? And let's keep injecting that back in. Gotcha. Okay. Make it a part of the system more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what final piece of advice would you give to an analytics professional trying to really apply analytics to understand media more? What would you say to that person? So media really is, um, it's it's a relationship between your content and your audience. Mm-hmm. Um and you can't understand one without the other. There's a symbiosis there that has to be addressed and understood. So from a data science perspective, do you understand your content, what makes it up, whether you're getting down to sentiment analysis or language and things like that? But then how does that impact in an audience and in terms of where are they consuming it? How are they finding it? How long are they engaging with it? What types of content are they engaging with? Do they have adverse reactions to certain things or very positive to others? Um, yeah, how do you how do you find that and then and then sort of step back, take a look at it as a whole, and then dive back in? Don't don't lose the forest for the trees. Oh, gotcha. Um, there's okay. A, you have to operate it at both a, at a very close and a very far. You, you need to keep changing your focus. Um, so because uh, if you get too deep into one of those areas, you're going to lose that other half and and you may get some adverse uh, results. Okay. So in the end, don't forget that it's about connecting the audience to the content and you can leverage data science and analytics techniques for that purpose. Yep. Beautiful. Great advice. Thanks again to Alan Siegel from CNN Digital for talking to us about applying analytics to the changing world of media. Thanks for listening to Tag Data Talk, sponsored by Emory Continuing Education, hosted by Aspirant. Have a great data set. 